Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We have a really cool show for you guys today. It's going to be a one-show show, which is good. And the title of the show is, Do You Need Motivation Now? Instant Motivation Mindset Hacks Revealed. And I'll tell you why Julie and I are doing this topic today. Because we're coming up on the middle of the year. And a lot of folks in the middle of the year, if who've actually been doing what they were supposed to do for the most part, are feeling a little bit tired, burned out. And this is the slippery slope time of year where you start taking too much time off, too many vacations. You stop uh, doing what you didn't want to do and you didn't want to do at the highest level. And all the gains you made in the first half of the year are going to be lost. And then you're going to look at the end of the year, looking back at the end of the year, you're going to wonder why this wasn't your best year ever. And you're going to say, well, my first half of the year was great. Have all of you who've been in the business for a long time experience that cycle i promise you it's because in june july every year you start basically taking too much time off you, your weekends turn into three-day weekends you stop working on thursdays you stop doing lead follow-up and if you've had a really good year so far which i know a lot of you've had maybe your best years ever and you've made more money so far this year or you will once your closings close you basically are feeling a little bit what we call realtor rich, you know, where you have a lot of commission checks and you're not knowing necessarily what to do with yourself. And because you've got more money now set aside than you've had ever, some of you have lost your motivation. Here's what I want you to remember. Remember, I'm telling you this, what you do today, the contact you make today will probably end up paying you in November or December. If you want to have the best end of your year, if you want to have momentum going into 2019, if you can believe that, if you want to actually make this so this is your business is about cash flow and not cash spurts, you cannot let off. Look, guys, there's going to be six months left this year starting in July, six months through the end of the year. You're not going to have six months left this year to work. The second half of the year is always going to be loaded up with holidays. If they're not actual holidays, they're going to be holidays that people decide are holidays. For example, kids going back to school. It isn't a day, it's a week. Sometimes it's two weeks. If your market has tons and tons of kids, you're going to see that you're going to see a slowdown during that time. Kids getting out of school, slowdown. You're going to see a slowdown in October, a slowdown in November, a slowdown in December. There's going to be a slowdown in August because that's one on the East Coast. If you're on the East Coast, a lot of families on the East Coast and, frankly, uh, Southern California, there's a cultural norm that you take some time off during um, you know, August, and that's when you go on vacation. Are you listening to what I'm saying, listeners? So even though we may have 180-ish days left this year, you don't truly have 180-ish days left to work. There's fewer working days in the second half of the year than there in the first half of the year. That's just a fact. Don't be confused about that. You might say, well, damn it, Tim, I'm going to work on the holidays anyway. It doesn't really matter. Well, you can show up at the office and you can work on the holidays and you'll probably set some appointments. But what you're going to start running up against is all these sort of natural ingrained reasons for sellers or buyers, for that matter, to procrastinate their purchasing decisions. Do you understand? As soon as October rolls around, they're going to start saying we're going to wait until next year, aren't they? That's what starts happening. That's the reason 
I beg all of you to stay drilled down. Do not let off. You will have plenty of days off in the next six months just because of the natural holidays that happen. Do not take work days off. On work days, you work. Stick to your plan. Focus. Follow one course until successful, okay? So I know some of you need motivation. You may not even know it. I know some of you have lost some of your, uh, you know, your motivation and you don't even know it. And what we're going to do on today's podcast is we're going to walk you through a, relative, a relatively simple plan to keep your head screwed on straight so that you guys can have your best year ever. And this year creates massive momentum for 2019, okay? So there it is. That's what Julie and I have committed to providing for you guys in the next 30 minutes. Before we get to the first point, Julie has an email she wants to read. Yes, this is a great email from a top 1% agent in the Danville, California area. Her name is Laura Barbara. She is, I believe, a little bit newer to our Premier Coaching Program, but she wrote a fantastic email because I think this resonates with a lot of our listeners. She wrote, Hi, Julie. Again, thank you both for speaking to my heart. I've been licensed since 2001 and never even heard about prospecting until 2011. Once I was taught to prospect, I started right away working hard door knocking and networking. I achieved some good success. I started earning awards, making money, building up my branding, buying, uh, working with buyers, and even starting a team. Now, then she writes, I joined another very expensive coaching guru and flew to Las Vegas where I joined the herds of agents ready to learn how to go to the next level in our business. Not, is what she wrote in big letters. They were trying to convince me that I needed to spend money to make money, yet my business never grew. In fact, it dropped. I started riding the roller coaster of success, making deals, then making nothing, exhausting for both me and for my family. It wasn't until I heard your podcast and read your book earlier this year that I actually started to feel hope again. Connecting to your message of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level resonated with me. I knew deep down that that is the only way to make money. Again, in capital letters, that is the only way to make money. I am a daily listener and premier coaching member now. I sometimes want to cry when I hear the passion between, behind you and Tim's words on the podcast because I know your main goal is to help others, to help agents, and to help me. Thank you. And then she suggested two great show ideas, which I am indeed going to run with. I promised her those. Uh, scripts for spouses of real estate agents, teaching them how to answer the question, how is, uh, in her case, Laura, or your realtor spouse doing? How's you know, so-and-so doing? And office politics. Passive agents in the office hate it when we work hard and get deals. How do we handle the haters in the office? So we're going to drill down on those uh, requests. And congratulations to you, Laura, for your success, because I know you are back to prospecting. You've been highlighted on the Facebook page a couple of times for taking action and, in fact, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. So just had to share that with all of our listeners in case some of you are having similar thoughts. Back to you, Tim. So you and Laura just baited me into saying something, and I'm trying to bite my tongue not to say it, so I'm going to see how, good, see how well I do. So listen, guys, next time you're tempted to fly to Las Vegas and listen to a bunch of fairy tales – sorry, I couldn't resist – you've got to get your head screwed on straight about why you got in this business. And the truth is you got in this business because – this is. The, I want you guys to really think about this. Many of you got in this business because you didn't want to have a boss, because you want to have control of your own time. You know, some of you got in this business because, you know, another reason would be that you wanted to basically, uh, you know, have the – you had a romantic notion about what it meant to be an entrepreneur or work for yourself. But the other main reason people get into the business is because they want to basically be rich. So you will – you instantly, the second you get your license, you can accomplish the first two things. You no longer have a boss. No one's holding you accountable. You now are an entrepreneur. But the rich thing is something that it will run from you like you've never seen before. 
if you are believing that you can buy your business. That's the essence of the fallacy in the current business models that are, are mostly being perpetuated by agents. And every time, and we hear emails, and Julie, can you forward that email to me too? We hear stuff yes, like this every single day. One of our biggest factions of people that are joining our coaching programs are people that have been through coaching programs where they've been told exactly what Laura was just expressing. You know, essentially they're being told to buy their business and build teams. And a lot of people are, they are like, she's obviously smart enough to realize that there's something not quite right about that message in the first place, but she still did it. Why did she still do it? Because she didn't have a voice in her head. Maybe it's our voice for some of you that are telling you that there's another smarter way, assuming your goal is to be rich where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. You know, assuming that your job is, is to basically be of great service to other people, assuming that you know that at the end of the day, everything you want is on the other side of the thought, doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. Now, if you notice, every single person else out there that's also trying to sell you guys coaching and training and information, where, where are they coming from? What are they trying to do? They're trying to get you guys to do things that are not the best for your bottom line, are not true to your purpose of basically becoming rich. They are trying to get you to do things that perpetuate what they're teaching, not what's best for you. For example, if I teach you to build a team, next thing your team's going to need training. Next thing your buyer's agents are going to need training. Next thing you're going to be looking for someone to do the training, you come back to me. Oh, by the way, you're also going to need some fancy technology programs. You're going to need a fancy CRM. You're going to need to buy leads from Zillow. You're going to need, do you see how it basically perpetuates what's best for them, not best for you? Do you guys understand this? This should be a very common sense you know, thing I'm telling you. When you're receiving information from somebody, a lot of you are you know, reasonable skeptics, reasonable in the sense that you're smart enough to ask questions. Unreasonable skeptics are the ones that just keep on asking questions and never make a decision. Those are just basically people that are looking for a reason to be lazy, cutting through it. But at the end of the day, the reasonable skeptics out there, you guys need to trust your intuition. When you come across, when you go to a seminar, you go to somebody's event and you see the event is sponsored by a bunch of companies that are trying to basically sell you business or trying to get you to perpetuate the big lie about teams. Um, you, know, you have to have the courage, even though every single person that you know might be going to that same thing. Every single person you know might act like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. You need to trust your intuition. So Laura asked the question, what's it, you know, basically how do I deal with the haters? The haters are all the people who eventually become your admirers. There's the bottom line. We're still going to do a show on it anyway because it's a great topic. When you start to break free, it's the crabs in the bucket story. I tell the story. I'm always surprised other people haven't heard it. When you put a bunch of – and Julie and I actually saw this, actually, when we were visiting one of our Howard friends in um, Bainbridge Island, Penny McLaughlin. This was forever ago in the 90s, but up off Seattle's coast. But anyway, we saw a bunch of crabs in a bucket. And when one of, that, one of those crabs basically develops a brain cell and decides he wants to get out of the bucket, the other crabs pull him back in. And that's what people do. So if you're in a bucket where you're surrounded by people that d they don't want you to change, they don't want you to break free, they don't want you to, you know, like for example, if you try to improve yourself in any way, financially primarily is our focus, but even physically, mentally, spiritually, educationally, if you try to do anything that's going to basically improve you, do you notice how everyone's first reaction, maybe somebody will say, people will say, well, good for you, but do you always notice that's followed by a, why do you need to do it? You know, stop and smell the roses. Why do you need more money? What's, what's wrong with what you have? What's wrong with blah, 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 blah. Do you notice that? Do you think those people are thinking about themselves or thinking about you when they give you the quote-unquote advice? They're thinking about themselves because you're making them uncomfortable. If you say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to go to Orange Theory and I'm going to be in the best physical shape of my life, I mean, most of you want that, but how many of you would actually 
tell that to somebody that you know you considered a friend you wouldn't because you know that that would make them insecure and you would you would have this weird vibe in your conversation do you guys get it you understand so when you start to ascend you're going it's you know climb the ladder of success in any aspect of your life you are going to be between rungs more often than you think and what I mean by between rungs is you're going to be going from where you are to where you want to be. And when you're between rungs, that's where people usually basically lose their potential grip on the next rung because the people that are on the bottom rungs are still trying to pull them down. So what you have to do is you have to grasp for that next rung, even if you can't clearly see it, and you have to focus, follow one course until successful, and keep pulling yourself up. And then what happens is as you're ascending that ladder, you will find new people that are attracted to you. You will not only be upgrading yourself, but you're going to start upgrading your friends, which I know is hard to say, but then here's the magic part of it. Julie and I experienced this ourselves in our own business, in our own personal life too. You will ascend. I promise you most of your friends and family will not understand why you're trying to basically become something that's better than what you are because it causes them to be introspective and it causes them to – and this is, by the way, this might be very well what's hampering your ability to succeed consistently because you are looking for positive reinforcement from your friends and your family and you're not getting it. And so basically you use that as your excuse to basically stay at the level that you're at. You do really well, and then you stop doing well because it makes everybody else around you sort of passive-aggressive about how they treat you. And you don't like that because it makes you insecure because you're dependent on your tribe to make you feel like you're part of the community. You guys understand this? Hopefully I'm not being too obtuse. But here's what happens. As you ascend, as you climb the ladder, as you improve yourself, they eventually will follow because they saw you do it. Now, it might take year. It might take years. But they do. Some of them don't. I will tell you that right now. You'll lose friends as you improve. Who cares? Get new ones. Lots of people out there can be your friends. Select your friends wisely. I'll just give you that suggestion as well. Be very, very specific about what you define as a friend versus an acquaintance. And as you, again, continue to improve yourself, you'll see that in many cases you'll inspire others to do the same thing just by your actions of improving yourself. So, I, Laura, I really sincerely appreciate your email. You touched on three or four really critical success points that a lot of people won't talk about, um, you know, because they're ashamed of actually saying these are the struggles I'm experiencing in my personal life and my business. But when you drill down and you really look at it, here's the first thing I want you to realize, Laura, and everybody else, you're not alone. Everybody goes through these exact same things. Whatever you think your problems are, whatever you think you're screwed around, you know, whatever screwed on crooked in your head, I promise you there are you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are listening right now and in replay that are going to or have or will experience the same exact thing. Everybody goes through the same process, which should make you feel better because you know that you can get through it because other people have done it as well. So thank you for your email. We always appreciate your emails. Send us an email at tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Remember, guys, if you've not yet requested your free coaching call, we do have spots available this week. Um, you can speak directly with one of our new member coaches about your lead generation wheel. It's another great way for you to get your motivation back on track. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. All right, Julie, you've got four killer points. Attack. Yes. All right. So for the attitude adjustment, the motivation adjustment, as you said, we're basically halfway through the year, but you have less than 180 days to go. I got an email this morning, Tim, 
asking me to buy school supplies for Zoe from her school. I'm like, the summer's just getting going. What are you talking about? But that's right. It's going to be a blink, and we're there. So we're going to start with attitude. What is attitude? It is how you feel about what you are doing. And quite literally, it means the manner, the disposition, the feeling, the position with regard to a person or a thing, a tendency or an orientation, especially in your mind, whether you have a good attitude, a bad attitude, a negative attitude, a positive attitude. So Maya Angelou said, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. That's something we're all in control of. And uh, Clement Stone said, sales are not contingent upon the attitude of the salesman. Not the attitude, I'm sorry, sales are contingent upon the attitude of the salesman, not the attitude of the prospect. And it's interesting how you go about this. I'm going to give some examples later on once we go through these quick little definitions. So that's attitude. What is your approach? It's what you do and how you do it, the method or steps taken in setting about a task or a problem. Now, I would point this out. Your approach has a lot to do with doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. But here's the at a high level part. That's where your approach to doing it comes in. And then your expectation is what you're planning as a result, the degree of probability that something will occur. So let's look at how this practically applies in your day-to-day -day business. What is your attitude towards lead generation? Here are the top three things that we hear. Number one, it'll just come to me. I've always gotten the business. Things get slow, but it always somehow resolves. Or number two, I'll just buy leads. Or number three, I'll earn it every day. Which is your attitude? Which of those three things best describes your attitude on most days? And maybe your results are related to that attitude, something to be introspective about, something that we teach the coaches to drill down on with you. Approach. What is your approach towards lead generation? We can apply this to all parts of real estate, but I'm picking on lead generation because if that's busted, the rest of the picture doesn't matter. So what is your approach towards lead generation? Point number one, what are you doing and how are you doing it? Is it organized, scheduled, systematized, and well executed? Or are you a dabbler? Lead generation approach. Number two, are you guessing at your lead generation? Note to self, praying to the real estate gods is not an actual plan. And number three, what are you doing consistently versus sporadically? Some of you only do your lead follow-up, only do your marketing, only do your prospecting when you're feeling a financial pinch. That's called sporadically, which means you have cash flow, I'm sorry, cash spurts, sporadic cash versus cash flow. Cash flow comes from being consistent. What are your expectations? This is always a fun one, right? So what is your expectation about the degree of probability, because that's what expectation is, that your current lead generation plan will work? If you are begrudgingly going after a particular spoke because you've talked yourself into it, but you're only one foot in the door and you're kind of skeptical about it, I mean, what is the probability of that working out just based on your attitude, just based on what you expect? Point number two, which spokes are you pursuing and how serious are you at becoming the best at them? Are you dabbling or are you pursuing relentlessly? And point number three, if you keep doing what you're doing and getting what you're getting, will you meet or exceed your financial goals next year? And again, we can apply this idea of asking yourself, what are your expectations to virtually everything? This is where I am always in disagreement with some of the, the trainers out there and people that speak for free at your offices that say things like, when you go on a listing presentation, well, you know, you should expect to take two out of four 
50% is just about normal. <laughs> In what world is that okay? That's setting a really crappy expectation, and it's giving permission to kind of suck at listing presentations. That's just one of my own little pet peeves. The expectation should be, Assuming that you followed the seven-step listing process that we teach you, that we've done podcasts on and is included in Premier Coaching, assuming that you have pre-qualified, assuming that you know time frame and motivation, assuming that you've used that script, sent your pre-listing package, shown up on time, you should expect to take the listing. Maybe not always today when you go on it, but certainly in the near future, assuming that you're doing your job correctly. So if you just allow yourself to expect a 50% conversion rate, well, then why would you want to send your pre-listing package every time? Well, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. That's pretty lazy, lazy expectations. So what are your thoughts on this, Tim? That was just my own particular uh, obvious coaching gripe that I hear from time to time. But you could apply attitude, approach, and expectations to lead follow-up, to talking to your past clients, to pretty much anything. Well, so here's the way I've been coaching some of my top producing agents because I have agents. I have an agent that's earning three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars this month. Okay, I have another one that's earning two hundred and twenty-five thousand uh, dollars in June. You know, so I have people that are going to earn themselves a couple million dollars. You know, if they keep essentially producing like they've been producing, but they're kind of losing themselves in um, their success. And some of you guys are losing yourselves in the lack of success. The same mindset issue that you have no matter where you are in the success spectrum it always applies so here's what i had all these coaching clients do these guys that are millionaires right i'm telling them to uh set a specific short-term goal and then make a competition out of it and you know the competition is basically what is the most number of listings you've ever taken in a month and let's figure out if we can do 50% more. And then they'll say, usually, well, that's just whatever, too hard to do this, the other thing. And then what we'll do is we'll drill down on specifically what they have been doing to get listings. And then they'll give me the, you know, we'll make a list. And then we're obviously going to keep doing that. And then we're going to make a list of the things that they could be doing to take more listings. And then we're going to write those things down. And then what we do is we we'll get them back on a schedule, and then they agree to – we know the ratio. So, for example, a lot of my top producing agents that are part of the elite coaching program, they'll make usually between seven and ten contacts, and they'll set a pre-qualified listing appointment. Now, it's a blend of people they're contacting, right? So there might be unrepresented owners, a.k.a. FISBOs. It might be expired. It might be um, – I mean, there's. we teach you as far as uh, as part of Premier Coaching, we teach you – a little over 20 different free ways, free ways to generate listing leads. So listing leads are not something that are hard to get, but the skills to get them are what requires you guys to actually you know, drill down. It's what requires you to actually take a professional approach. And what happens is people become more successful or people never experience success. They stop practicing those scripts. They stop losing that edge. So that's the other thing I bring back to these guys. All right, so what is it that we're doing right now to get our business was the first one. The second question I asked them was, what, should, what could we be doing? You know, because the goal is to say if the most number of listings they ever took in a month was 20, well, let's take 30. Oh, Tim, that's too many. That's probably one a day. Well, if we start between now and this time next month, that gives us 30. How many working days? How many days are you going to be working? Do you have any scheduled time off? Okay, great. So can you set aside, you know, three hours a day in the morning to, you know, drill down and focus on this exclusively? Everyone says yes. Okay, perfect. We're on a roll here. Now, how many contacts can you make in an hour? 10 to 12. Okay, awesome. So you can literally make 30 to 40 contacts every single day, 
contacts the conversation, the decision-making. Now, guys, this is real work. This is the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And I understand I'm talking to between 100 and 200,000 agents out there who are saying, no way, dude. <laughs> no way, grumpy old man. <laughs> I know an easier way to do it. I know how to hack it. I know how to make it easy. I can go to Facebook. I can like some shit. I can do some passive marketing. I can have people. No, guys, listen. You're being fooled. You're being lied to. You are. You just are. Look, that stuff eventually sometimes maybe occasionally works. Who cares? Why waste your time with that? Let's go with the things that actually do work. Here's a very basic uh, mental trick that you guys all need to run yourselves through. If you want to take, say, for example, a listing, why would you go and start looking for a place, going and just generally soliciting? You, know, you have to go fishing, let's say. You have a fishing pond in front of you. You fished at this pond before, and you know at one end of the pond, there's always fish. At the other end of the pond, there's never fish. Okay? It's a big pond. And what do most of you guys do? You go to the wrong end of the pond, and then you cast this big net, and you pull it back in, and you pull it back in, if you pull it back in at all, and sure enough, there's no fish in there. Whereas what you should have done is gone to the other end of the pond where you would have got a fish. I mean, it's really that simple, guys. It's not any more complicated than that. When you, so if I were standing in front of all of you, between 100 and 200,000 are listening right now, in replay mostly, and I were to ask you, how many of you guys want to be a listing agent? Yes! Okay, how many of you guys want to be, work with buyers? No! All right, how much do you guys pay on average for your buyer leads, those of you who are buying buyer leads? And most of you don't know, but the answer is about 80 bucks. And then I say, okay, so if I could sell you a seller lead for $10,000 in your marketplace or $5,000, someone who has to sell their house, how many of, would, of you would pay me $5,000? Yes! So you can get these seller leads for free. You can get them for free. They cost you nothing. So if you have a choice between working with buyers and working with sellers, you always work with sellers. And if you have a choice between trying to spend your time just casting your net and hoping somebody in there maybe one day will want to sell versus going right after the people that already have their hands in the air and say, yes, Tim, Julie, I have a house to sell. Please help me sell my house. Why wouldn't you just go after those people? Why would you waste your time with all this other crap? And here's the irony of it. When you do what we ask you to do, it's actually easier because you have less competition. Why? Because everybody else wants to do the passive stuff. And so there's less competition doing the real work. Now, you do have to have skills. You're going to have to overcome some of your head junk about being a salesperson. That's what we do. But if you want to build a profitable business where you can wake up every single morning and you know every single morning exactly what to do, and every single morning that you do what you're supposed to do, you set a, list, a pre-qualified listing appointment. That afternoon, you go on a listing appointment, you take the listing, and you start doing that consistently. Does that sound like a fantasy to you guys? Does that sound like something you could ever possibly imagine for yourselves? If the answer is no, why not? The only answer is, is because you don't know how. If you think that's a fantasy, if you think that's too far-reaching for you, the only reason is is because you don't know how. Well, learn. Learn how. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be intimidated by it. This is your way forward. If you guys want to recession-proof or depression-proof your business, your personal financial future, you have to be a listing agent. 
buyer's agents in times of economic change, which is going to be upon us sooner than later, are the ones that get washed over the fastest. Listing agents are the ones that kick butt. Why are you waiting to learn how to be a listing agent? Brokers and office managers who are telling their buyer ag or agents to buy buyer leads, you guys have got to stop. I get the fact that you don't know what else to tell them in many cases. I get the fact that telling them to buy buyer leads is the easy buttons, so you don't actually have to spend more time with them trying to teach them how to you know, basically be listing agents. Or let's be honest, many of you don't know how to be listing agents yourself. I'm not trying to be condescending. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to look out and do what's best for the agents listening. Because as Laura said, as everyone knows who's listened to us for a long time, our heart and soul is with the individual agent at the end of the day. And brokers like Diane Ramirez, who we had on the podcast yesterday, broke the best brokers in the country, and she said it straight up, wonderful, classy lady. Honored to have her on the show. I'm in the agent business, Tim, and the agents are in the house, housing business. That's the correct answer. I'm at, Julie and I and our coaching company, we're in the agent business. We're not in the selling, forcing you guys to sell, uh, uh, buy leads or trying to brainwash you guys into forming teams or trying to get you guys to basically uh, you know, do all these other things that are not in your best interest, as virtually all of our competitors are doing. Why? Because the tech companies and their sponsors or their advertisers or their whatever you want to call them, they're in, they, they have mutually agreed that they have a financial best interest to go after agents, convince agents to buy leads, build teams, buy technology, worry about branding, doing all this other stuff, because they make money from you. That's it. So your skepticism about the information that you're being sold is, is correct. So why don't you just trust your intuition? Why don't you just hear, listen to that inner voice in your head and decide to stop believing in the easy button and start earning your business. Start earning the right to be successful. If you're not experiencing the success in life that you want, as you know, measured by your material wealth, your spiritual wealth, your educational wealth, your relationships, however you want to measure it, if you're not experiencing the highest levels of those things in your life, it's simply because you have not earned it yet. Stop thinking you're entitled to it. You are not. You have to earn it. Nothing of value is ever given to any of us. We have to earn it. We have to fight for it. We have to compete for it. But more than anything, we have to have the right to basically earn it. In other words, you have to know how to help other people. So if you don't have what you want in life, if you're not experiencing the things in life that you always thought you would, it's because this simple equation has yet to be ingrained in your mind. And I apologize if no one's ever told you this before. There's a direct correlation between your experience on this planet and you know, the number of people that you've helped accomplish their goals. So if you want to have a great life, if you want to spoil your loved ones, if you want to do all the things that you've always wanted to do and you're not doing it and you're finding yourself compromising, it's because you're not helping enough other people accomplish their goals. That's it. The more people you help accomplish their goals, the more you're going to experience of everything that you value in this life. That's the equation. It's not any more complicated than that. It's not political. If this isn't some statement about the haves and the have-nots and Democrats and Republicans and socialism and capitalism and all the rest of this stuff, it's just about helping people. It's about being in alignment with our highest and truest purpose on this planet, which is being of service to other people. That's it. So if you know that, and I know intuitively you do, then you need to learn how to help more people other than just buyers. 
other than just basically your friends and family, your centers of influence to decide to do business with you. You need to learn how to help people with all kinds of different real estate problems and challenges. And when you do, I promise you guys, you're going to have a completely different mindset. You're no longer going to be sitting around waiting for a magic email or a phone call or hoping you get a referral or praying that somehow magically you get some little you know, bird that drops a piece of gold in your nest. You are going to wake up every morning, and you're going to be charged up, and you're going to go after the business yourself, and you're going to know what to say, how to say it. You're going to know who to call. You're going to know what to do, and every single day, your fate is in your own hands. So there's three reasons that people get into real estate. They don't want to have their own boss. They don't want accountability, or, and they want to be rich. The first two you can easily accomplish. The last one eludes most of you. I just told you how to have all three. Are you listening? Now, the topic of today's podcast, was the goal of today's show, was to give you a simple attitude, approach, and expectations towards your, um, the things you need to accomplish in life. Now, did we tell you guys anything motivational? Did we try to basically manipulate you guys and tell you how the universe is going to bring you all this stuff? Did we tell you any of that woo-woo stuff? No, because that stuff is fake. It's pseudoscience. What we're telling you is practical and tactical, honest information that will put you in a position of you being in control, not just for the short term, but for the rest of your life. Laura and everyone else can relate to Laura's email about basically being on this journey you know, we're all try part of the movement, aren't we? Everyone who's listening to this podcast, everyone that works with Julie and I, we're all on a journey. And what we're on a journey to is return real estate back to sanity and take the control back from all these little third-party companies that have crept up in the last 10 years and put it back in the hands of the people who matter most, which are the realtors, the agents, the individual practitioners, you folks listening. You're the boots on the ground. You guys are the most important thing in this industry. That is the truth. The best way to perpetuate and propagate the future of this industry is by having better skilled agents who know how to solve people's problems when it comes to basically listing property, getting listings sold. That's it. It's, the future isn't technology. The future isn't some whiz-bang brokerage idea. The future isn't some, you know, whatever else that people want to talk about. The future is you, individual agents. That's where the strength that is where ultimately you guys control the market. Do you feel that way? If you don't, if you feel the market's controlling you, it's because you need to learn how to be a listing agent. It's not complicated, guys. Julie, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm thinking I always joke on our uh, premier coaching call that you know they every day have to deal with seller's agency and buyer's agency, but we believe in agent's agency, that we have to look out for their best interests because it seems oftentimes that nobody else really is and that we do understand what it's like to walk in their shoes and they have it even worse with all of these crazy things that they get offers on all the time. It's so easy to get distracted by all of those things. But really, when it's meant to be, it is up to me. You have to embrace that because the, you know, the, the value of your business going forward is based in you. It's not based in whatever somebody is trying to sell you. It just makes for such stronger, not just agents and brokers, but individuals, humans. You know, you can hear it when you talk to them, whether they've actually dealt with these thoughts or not. So couldn't agree with you more. Now it's up to them to actually implement what they learned and not just say, oh, that was an interesting podcast. Go do something about it. It's as good as what you guys do about it. You are the leaders in the industry. So that's what I'm thinking as you uh, that, talk to them about that. That Bisbo, pretty critical stuff. That Bisbo, that unrepresented owner that you drove by today, okay? 
I know a lot of you guys have head junk about that, going after that listing and knocking on that door, calling that seller. But here's the fact. That person needs your help. But what are you thinking about? Oh, my gosh. They, Fizbo's eat their young. That's the first thing other agents tell you when you get your license. Oh, my gosh. It's probably an undesirable house. The seller's probably mean. They probably hate agents. They probably don't want to pay commission. Your head junk Crazy. makes it so that you don't attitude even – you mentally block. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. That's your attitude. So what's the expectation? What do you experience as a result of that? You don't, you just, you don't even see the – what's Fizbo? Driving by, driving by, driving by. You don't even see it. Whereas the reality of it is, is that person needs your help. So if you say, I see somebody right now who needs my help, okay, and if all of a sudden your head fills with all the insecure thoughts that most agents experience, we are the cure to the insecure thoughts because we'll tell you what to say and how to say it to solve that person's problem. So you, with confidence, will knock on their door. With confidence, call that person, and then you'll get the listing. And you'll probably sell it yourself. There's two transactions. And that seller will probably buy a house from you. There's three transactions. And the person buying the house will probably list their house with you. Now it's four transactions just because you decide to take action. In some of your markets, some of you guys just made tens of thousands of dollars. Are you really seriously considering not taking what we're saying seriously? for the sake of being lazy for the second half of the year and could just continuing to believe that social network, social networking and all this other Mickey Mouse stuff is going to be what it takes to make it so you have your best year ever. You know better now, by now, don't you? Haven't you already played around with all that stuff before? You guys get it? Please, it's time for you to be business people. One last thought, and I talked about this, and Julie and I talked about this on the show the other day. We got some emails about it, and we're going to talk more about it. Every time we talk about a recession, you guys freak out. And I'm not going to not talk about a recession for fear of you freaking out because we're going to tell you the truth. Um, we're going to do a show which is specifically geared towards how to prepare yourself for a substantial housing slowdown, which is going to be happening sooner than later. But I'm going to just leave you with this closing thought because it is going to happen. Um, and it is going to take most agents out of the business, as it has in the past. Brokerages out of the business, as it has in the past. Okay, that's just how it goes because they don't listen. They don't pay attention. They don't take actions. They wait too long to try to basically right the ship, and then at that point, there's, essentially, they're sunk. So here's what I want you to know, and this is a historical fact. The greatest fortunes always been made during the greatest times of change. Who said that? I did. The greatest fortunes have always been made in the greatest times of change. Whatever is going to happen next, in the economy, in housing, and the rest of it, you will be prepared for, and you will be able to clean up. The way you get, the way you get an advantage on that market is you accept the fact that it's coming, you learn what you need to learn ahead of time, and then when, ha when everyone else is talking about the significantly changed market, what typically happens is they stay in a mode of denial for years. Like some of you guys are still in denial about what happened 10 years ago. You know who you are. Some of you are just now keep taking your heads out of your hidey holes and saying, well, I guess I waited long enough. You know, the recession's finally over. Well, guess what? You waited just long enough for probably another one to hit us. So here's the bottom line, guys, is you need to focus on what's immediately in front of you, your next step. Don't focus too much what's on the horizon. Julie and I will look to the horizon for you, and we will over-prepare you. So whenever it, it, things come around, you'll hold, already have everything ready. You'll know what to say. You'll know how to say it. You'll have the skill sets in place. That's our job. That's what we do for you, for our, our podcast listeners, but primarily our coaching clients. So you don't need to worry. So please don't overreact 
when Julie and I share news that some of you are, you know, basically in your emails claiming made you feel depressed. You only are depressed because that's your innate, your intuition telling you that you're not ready for a change. And if that's true, don't just feel depressed and do nothing. What I want you to do is realize that you aren't probably prepared. You probably will suffer if you don't prepare ahead of time. And this is your opportunity to actually take actions, right? That's our job. That's what Julie and I do for all of you. Hopefully, you will use this information so you can take care of yourself and your family. If you need Julie and I for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day, guys. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you.